You're listening to episode number 48 of the Keto Diet Podcast. Today, we're chatting about everything amenorrhea, a lack of period, the steps you could take to get your period back if it's gone missing, and whether or not you have to gain weight in order to get your period back, plus so much more. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Leanne from HelpfulPursuit.com, and this is the Keto Diet Podcast, where we're busting through the restrictive mentality of a traditional ketogenic diet to uncover the life you crave. What's keto? Keto is a low-carb, high-fat diet where we're switching from a sugar-burning state to becoming fat-burning machines. All listeners of the podcast receive a free seven-day keto meal plan, complete with a shopping list and everything you need to chow down on keto for seven whole days. Download your free copy at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash keto meal. The link will also be in the show notes for today's episode. Perfect if your daily keto meals have become a bit lackluster, if you're new to keto and a bit lost when it comes to eating what and how much, or thrive on being being guided on what to do and when to do it. Again, that's healthfulpursuit.com forward slash keto meal. Let's get this party started. Hey guys, happy Sunday. The show notes and full transcript for today's episode can be found at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash podcast forward slash E48. The transcript is added to the post about three to five days following the initial air date of this episode. So all of the links and everything we talk about with today's guests will be in those show notes. And let's hear from one of our awesome partners. The podcast is sponsored by Manitoba Harvest, the hemp-based food company. I love using their hemp hearts as an oat replacement in any oat-based recipe from porridge to oatmeal, cookies, and everything in between. Hemp hearts are hemp seeds with the shells removed. They're tender, fatty, zero grams of net carbs, rich in omegas, fiber, and protein. Listeners of the podcast can get 15% off your Canadian or U.S.-based Manitoba Harvest order by going to healthfulpursuit.com forward slash hemp and using the coupon code KETO. That's KETO, all in caps, no spaces for 15% off. This offer is valid until August 31st, 2017. I know you're going to love them. If you have an idea for a podcast episode or want to submit praise over and above the review, which you can leave by going to healthfulpursuit.com forward slash review, you can reach me at info at ketodietpodcast.com. I got one announcement for you guys. I'm going back on tour. I've been sharing it with you guys for a couple of months and I actually start the tour tomorrow. We're going to start off in New York and then head on over to Fairfax, Virginia, Stop over in Dallas. I'm going to be at KetoCon doing a couple of talks there in Austin. Heading over to Denver and Phoenix and Las Vegas. And we're really excited to go back to Vegas because Kevin proposed to me in Vegas a bunch of years ago and we haven't been back since. So even though we're only going to be there for like 20 hours, it'll still be fun to reminisce about that time. We're also going to head to Los Angeles. Then we're going to cut over to Canada and go to Winnipeg, Ottawa, and Montreal. You can head on over to ketodietbook.com forward slash tour to RSVP. If you're thinking of going to any of these places and meeting me there, I'd love to meet you there and sign your book and we'll chat. I'll answer all your questions. It'll be great. So today's guest, her name is Callie Youngstrom. She's an IFBB figure pro, an elite level power lifter, and above all else, a lifestyle coach. Callie focuses on enhancing health, fitness, physique, and performance while helping you reach your goals by creating custom programming designed specifically for you. 
As a certified personal trainer, weight management specialist, and sports nutritionist, she uses her knowledge and experience in bodybuilding and athletics along with clients' personal biofeedback to optimize results, and this often means a low-carb, high-fat, and or ketogenic diet. I've been following Callie for quite some time. I just love the message she has out there, and it just so happens that she struggled with amenorrhea for a bunch of years, and I wanted to just have her on the show to chat about her experience of of going through amenorrhea, and if you're not familiar, amenorrhea is a lack of periods. This is usually where there's two different forms of amenorrhea. The first is where you never get your period, and the other one, phase two, is more you get your period, and then it goes missing for a while, so this means you've already menstruated one time in your life. I think it's a maximum of three times. I think it's a minimum of three times and then it's phase two amenorrhea. In any case, your period is missing. You're wondering where it went and we just go through her experience of that. And my experience is very similar to Callie's, which is really cool to hear her story. And and although I am nowhere close to being a bigger pro, my experience with amenorrhea was very similar in that once I committed to getting my period back, it actually didn't take that long. But I was really lying to myself all those years that I thought that I was working on it, but I didn't want to give up exercising or eat when I wanted to eat. And there were still a lot of rules around it. So without further ado, let's cut over to her interview. Hey, Callie, how's it going? Hi, Leanne. I'm good. Thanks. How are you? I'm so good. I've been following you on Instagram for forever, and I'm really excited to have you on the show. Oh, well, I've been internet stalking you forever. So thank you for having me. It's like a huge compliment to talk to you. You're the person I followed since I first found keto, I think. So so cool. So for listeners that may not be familiar with your work, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So I own KY Fitness and Nutrition Consulting. Basically, it's online nutrition consulting and custom fitness plans as well. And I started off in fitness as a professional bodybuilder or figure competitor. So that's kind of how I found the whole fitness thing and started implementing, you know, different diet methods, just playing around with things and eventually found keto, I think in like 2013, I first started playing around with keto. So I was fairly young still. I remember like just munching on almonds always in my finals and not eating carbs and everyone thought I was crazy. But Yeah, so through just like myself and other clients, I've just always experimented with different methods. And I've really come to think keto is a very good option for the majority of people. Mm -hmm. I agree. For those that like resonate with it, it's so great. So menstruation, (laughs) I want to chat about amenorrhea with you. What was that like? Because as a figure competitor, is that why you lost your period because of your body fat percentage? Or like, what was that process of having your period and then not having it anymore? Yeah, so I didn't have a period for five years, which is a long time. Like I would have been 21, I think, when I first lost my period. I'm 26 now. So I mean, I know you didn't have it for a long time. At that age, honestly, I was so like focused on competing that it didn't negatively affect me mentally. Like I was, I knew it wasn't necessarily a good sign, but it does happen. And like you said, yeah, it was just because I was so lean and my body was just under so much stress, like, you know, hours of cardio a day on a really 
large calorie deficit, just putting my body through a lot. And so when I very first lost it, I think probably like six months without it, I did go to the doctor and I got an ultrasound and just kind of got everything checked out. And they just kind of did the like, well, you know, if you're not trying to get pregnant, like everything looks fine. So send you on your way. And then I just was so focused on like having to keep my physique that lean that I just like it was in the back of my head that I knew it wasn't a good sign for my overall health, but I was willing to sacrifice that at the time. And then I stopped competing in November and was like, okay, now it's time to focus on like my internal everything because, you know, if eventually down the road, I want to have babies, like we need to make sure everything's healthy because I do think, and I know you talked about this as well, like anytime a natural process like that stops, it's a sign that something's not working. Especially women, period. If your period stops, danger, danger. We have a problem. (laughs) Exactly. And, and like, I actually think that I feel like I have, and I, you know, I, as a coach with clients who some are trying to get that lean for competitive reasons, I always try to prioritize keeping hormones healthy and ensuring that menstruation still happens. But some women are more sensitive, I feel like, to the stress and lose it at a higher body fat percentage than you would expect. And I'm always kind of surprised, like, how lightly the doctors take it. Like, no one really seems worried. And I think it's kind of like they don't want to dig and they don't really want to deal with it if it's not causing, like, immediate problems. Yes, sister, 100%. (laughs) That was my experience. But when you're younger, like, you know, when you said you lost yours, like early 20s, same with me, it's like, okay, great. Like I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me that it was a problem. It was kind of nice to not have a period. I mean, I didn't have to worry about anything. I saved money. Yeah. You're like, what a convenience. This is so great. (laughs) But then for you, like at what point did you start caring when you were like, oh shoot, maybe this is important. I mean, I would say for the last couple of years, the last year, especially like it was really in my mind quite frequently. But I was kind of like, you know, I'm competing right now, I'm going to focus on that. And I'll focus on everything else when I'm done competing. So and that's kind of the thing, like, I know not everyone can maybe relate with bodybuilding, but you just have to have tunnel vision, to be honest, like to be successful. And so because I had made the pro level, I was like, it's worth these sacrifices that I'm making. But I was always really open, like, on my social media and my like YouTube channel and everything talking about like, I'm sacrificing my health. And I know that. So probably the last year I was I was concerned about it, but putting it on the back burner to actually deal with it. And then come like November, December, that's when I was like, okay, now it's time to fully embrace the need to get it back and focus on that. And so what were those steps like, like once you decided, okay, this girl's got to focus on her menstruation, what, what were you doing at that point? So it sounds like you were already doing keto or weren't. So I had I've done it on and off since 2013. And the thing that's so like counterintuitive is that I always preferred it. But when I was getting ready for a show, I would go off of keto. So I would eat carbs to make my muscles look more full on stage. So I felt like garbage because I was eating carbs. And like when I also competed in worlds at powerlifting, and I would hate eating carbs before training, but I would eat carbs because that's what you're supposed to do. And like, that's how you're 
supposed to have heavy training sessions. So I had been doing uh, not I wasn't doing full keto, but I would say like almost like a targeted keto, like carbs, just pre and maybe post workout or even only pre workout, but very small amounts, like 25 grams other than, you know, like veggies in a day. So still super low, but not like fully in ketosis. And then by the end of November and I was done with competing, I knew instantly that I would go back to keto and I always go back to it because I just feel like I can function like a human and on carbs, like I never feel that way. And that's the thing, like when I first like fell into keto, I was not even necessarily aware that's what I was doing. I was just eating what I preferred and what made me feel good. And then I started learning more about like, oh, these are these are the things that other people are doing and these are the macronutrient ratios, you know? So yeah, by like December and then into January, I was basically fully, I went through a period transitioning from low carb then to just like paleo fully and not tracking and then fully into keto. And so now, I mean, I've always known that this is how I will probably live forever once I was done competing. So I'm excited to be able to just stay in keto zone. And you'll never compete again or just for now or kind of have you... What, no, I'm done. You're done. We're retired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. I'm always so curious. I rarely get to speak to somebody that's on the other side of it. You know, usually you meet people that are like right in it, and you're right. That tunnel vision, like it's required. <laughs> like you can't yeah. think of anything else. I guess it's very much like any athlete, or when you're really, really applying yourself to basically anything, if it's required in order to. So it's nice that now you can kind of do the things you know makes your body feel good. More on my interview with Kelly Youngstrom after this message from one of our podcast partners. The show is partnered up with Paleo Valley, the makers of the only 100% grass-fed and finished fermented beef stick. Each stick contains 1 billion probiotic CFUs. We all know how important fermented foods are to the health of our gut and the strength of our immune system. Chowing down on Paleo Valley's fermented beef sticks provides your body with all of the beneficial bacteria it loves in one convenient little beef stick. Their gut-friendly sticks are gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, GMO-free, freaky chemical additive dye and preservative-free, as well as being 100% free from carbs and sugar and made with the highest quality ingredients. Exclusive to listeners of the show, receive instant savings of 20% off Paleo Valley fermented beef stick snacks by going to paleovalley.com forward slash keto. And if your jaw is just tired thinking about beef jerky, it's worth noting that these tasty treats are not tough at all, but moist with a little snap. The summer sausage flavor even tastes like those hickory summer sausages, but without the gunk seriously delicious again that's paleovalley.com forward slash keto for an instant 20 percent off savings so by the time you decided you know like i want to make my body feel good how long between that point and getting your period back like how how was that process how long did it take so I was actually quite shocked how quickly it happened. And I feel I almost feel guilty saying that because I know some women like it's months and months or years to recover it. So I feel very grateful. And it's one of those things you almost take for granted, you know, when there's other people who are struggling with it. But I had switched over to keto and did basically fully untracked, like being in a calorie surplus or at least at maintenance the majority of the time. And it was five months. Whoa. Yeah. So I was honestly shocked. I had like no PMS symptoms, like zero sign. I was like, 
what's happening. And then, so it's only been three months actually, like to share with everybody. And, but my cycle was just completely normal since then. I thought it would be like all messed up and, you know, like slow to get back into a routine, but I got it one month and then it just, for the last three months, it's been completely normal. It's wild. Okay. So I have so many questions for you, but let's start (laughs) off with, okay, so I'm going to write down a bunch of things. Okay. So the only thing you did was a calorie surplus or did you also reduce your amount of workouts? Oh, that is a good point. I, I draft, sorry. Yeah. To make it like I drastically reduced the amount of workouts. So, I mean, really for me, I would have been in like a massive calorie surplus because I went from doing like multiple hours of cardio a day. I kind of slowly tapered it back. And then I got to a point where I just kind of like cut it out completely. And then I took some time off training for the first time in like five years. I took like basically a month off training and was just eating all of the food and then slowly started ramping back up. But when I got my period back, I had been training like regular training sessions and cardio sessions again, not as much cardio, but like five to six days lifting with, you know, probably half an hour of cardio a day at the time that I got my period back. You know, I'm like calculating out how long it took me from the time that I really focused my attention and stopped working out and ate all the foods. It was five months for me too. Oh, wow. That's crazy. And do you know what though? I feel like that's so funny because I often hear people say that it takes six months for your hormones to recover. Brilliant. And I mean, like just anecdotally, I think like from forums and stuff, but so yeah, I guess that ballpark. And that's the thing I kind of did just like cold Turkey almost. I was like, I'm going to eat all the calories. I'm going to cut back on my training. Like I didn't just like slowly transition Mm -hmm. over to that. For me, it was like quite a dramatic change. What'd you do with all the extra time of like not going to the gym and stuff? I mean, this was your life for like years. How did you deal with that change? I mean, it has nothing to do with your period, but I'm just curious. Just working. And you know, like I was pretty burnt out. Like I needed, because for five years, like I never took more than two days off the gym. Like I didn't take any years off competing for four years. Like it was just very go, go, go. So I honestly just worked. I slept in a little bit. Like I just, that's one thing that changed. I would have slept a little bit more too, just naturally. Cause I wasn't getting up to do cardio first thing in the morning. Like, and even little things like playing around with recipes, like, I don't know, and being social, which doesn't really happen when you're competing so much. So it was nice to have the extra time. Yeah, I feel you. Anytime my period is like a a day late, it's usually because I've been stressing myself out at work. And all I do is like lay on the couch and watch Netflix. And the next morning I get it. It's just like, you just need to take a pause. And your body just knows. Yeah, it just knows like, nope, not nope, I'm not doing this. Um, so then it's like Netflix hour and I just watch Netflix all night and then I get my period the next day. So it's it's really nice. Okay. So then I had a question about, you know, so you did this for five months were, did you do strict keto or what did your kind of keto look like for those five months when you were trying to get your period back? So, I mean, I guess it depends what you classify as strict. Like I do whole foods keto. I don't do dairy. Like I will do dairy on the weekends maybe, like if I'm eating out kind of thing. Like I found I'm really sensitive to whey. So I didn't really realize like I was breaking out and I didn't know why. And then I cut whey and dairy and stopped breaking out. So now I really try to stay away from that. So mostly whole foods, like unprocessed stuff. And I even cut like all my supplements. Like I don't do 
any supplements, no BCAs, no powders, like just nothing. I just got everything out and do only whole foods. And then I cut basically all my artificial sweeteners as well. Um, I'll do like a little bit of stevia in a keto coffee or something, but I've never been super, super strict in terms of like macro ratios. For me, I just feel like I don't need to, to maintain ketosis and to feel really good. So for example, like I never track vegetables and I've always just stayed in ketosis. So like, I just know like I will never live a life where for me, I need to track salads every day. It's just not realistic for me. (laughs) So I've never been super strict in terms of like, okay, I want to make sure I get like 150 grams of fat or whatever number, like exactly on the dot. I kind of stay within a range of my macros, but it kind of just naturally ends up in that range every day because I only eat a couple of meals and just how I base those meals on whole foods, the macros kind of work themselves out, if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. And trying to explain that to people is like the hardest thing to do because it's like, no, just trust. It'll just work out. And people are like, no, but like what numbers? And I'm like, I I don't just just do it. You'll see. It'll just work out. <laughs> yeah, and getting out of like that tracking mindset, because that's the thing is like once you get into ketosis, I feel like you and probably me and the majority of people, like you start realizing like you recognize your hunger cues again and like all of these things that when you're used to like a more carb-based diet and especially tracking, I think tracking can be the worst for your natural hunger mechanism because you are just eating when you're supposed to or, you know, eating the numbers you're supposed to, not eating based on how you feel. Like it's normal for us to have days where we eat more and days where we eat less. And like if you're tracking a certain number all the time, then you never have that ebb and flow. Yeah. And we get asked a lot of questions about calories and what's kind of like, do you work with clients on their nutrition specifically, do some of the people that you work with have amenorrhea and how do you navigate that with intake and training and all those things? Yeah. So I have had probably four or five clients now who we've recovered their periods using keto. And again, I don't want to say it was only keto. Like I know there's always a, a variety of factors, some of it being trying to get them out of a calorie deficit. But usually what I will do for keto is because lots of clients come to me and they want to plan because they don't want to figure it out on their own. They don't want to track macros or, you know, just worry about it. So what I'll usually do on a keto plan is give a meal plan and then give the macros for those meals and try and encourage them to be flexible with them with whole foods. So, you know, swapping fatty proteins for fatty proteins or instead of a fatty protein, bring in a lean protein and alternate fat source like give them that variety because I think that's how you really learn to love keto is when you're eating all these amazing foods and understanding how versatile it can be. But yeah, so giving them a diet high in like healthy whole food fats and then also trying to get them into at least a maintenance calorie place slowly, but it can be hard when people are very focused on maintaining a certain physique. So For some people, I would slowly, I call it reverse dieting, where I would slowly increase their calories back up and decrease their training, which might draw out the recovery process in terms of recovering the period a little bit longer, but keep them in a better mental state and keep their cortisol low in that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. That reverse dieting is so important. (laughs) Yeah. And for myself, like I honestly didn't. I was just like, you know, I'm done. And I put on I put on lots of weight really quickly, but I was fine with that. And I knew that was going to happen. So for me, it was fine. But for some people, that would be 
traumatizing, like, you know, but I feel healthy and strong and I feel really good. So for me, it didn't matter because getting my period back was like just a great sign that that was worth it. But for some people, I think, especially if you're coming from a place of disordered eating or stresses in that case, that cold turkey method isn't going to be the healthiest for your mental or physical body. Yeah, it's a really good point. Um, The doctor that I started working with recently kind of like went through everything and we came up with a plan. And then she's like, are you okay with these five steps? I'm like, "Mm, step two, that's going to cause a lot of problems. She's like, no problem. Like, because I just knew that step two was like going to cause a lot of eating disorder tendencies to pop back up. And I just didn't want to play around with that. And even though it was important to my health, you also have to look at so much more than just your physical health. It's their mental health, psychological, all these pieces that fit together. And I think it's interesting that, you know, especially when you're working with clients and you're like, oh my gosh, your period is so important and is a sign for health. But the reason why they don't want to gain weight to get their period back is because they think that weight is a better sign of health or that it, you know, it gives them luxuries that they wouldn't get if they were heavier and all the things. I'm just thinking of some things that I thought of. So I think it's, it's really cool that you were able to be like, nope, done with this. Don't care. Gonna gain weight. I don't even care. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's, that's so true. Like people are surprised to like, know that I just made that switch And for some people, it's not that easy. But for me, like, and I try and be open about this too, like bodybuilding. And I think, I mean, you see it all the time, like on social media too, just like fitness models and whatever the Instagram model and the trend of all the things fit, which for all the benefits that it can bring, I think also can bring a lot of negatives in not reflecting necessarily what a healthy body truly is. And healthy looks different on everyone. So like, I've always been like super thick, like in and I mean that in like a good way it doesn't bother me like I don't see that as a negative term and I've always been really strong since I was young so getting super lean was a big challenge for me and like super stressful on my body and I always knew I was sacrificing health so you know for me to switch over and be what some people could almost perceive as like a less healthy look um, I think that's just because of almost like this distorted perception of reality that a lot of like the media brings and what a female body is supposed to look like right now which I mean, that could be a whole other podcast. But so yeah, it's really interesting because healthy does look different on absolutely everyone. Well, it's so crazy to like, I've been following you for a really long time. I think we just connected and you were sharing low carb stuff. And I just liked following you along. And I think my friend was kind of doing what you were doing, not to that stage, but you posted a picture of yourself, I don't know, maybe a couple of months ago. And it was like your face now versus when you were competing yeah Yeah, diet face oh my god that's hilarious yeah like you don't even look like the same person like I can't even (laughs) I can't even and even like my skin is like everyone's like you just look healthier and there's a time I think where you're doing the transition where you almost like as a someone who's been lean you're like take it as a negative because you're like oh man that just means like I look like I've put on weight but you know looking at the photos, like my skin's brighter, like it just does. And I feel completely different. And people see it in how I act too, because I'm not so drained all the time. And I think like keto has a lot to do with that. Like, when people are tired all the time, I'm always like, Oh, man, like, if you could just commit to trying it, I say everyone should try it for like, at least commit to trying it for one month of their life. And if you never do it again, like, and you think it doesn't work for you, like, that's fine. But I think if you really commit to it and actually transition fully and become like fat adapted, that almost no one 
very few people I think would return to like their old ways of eating. Yeah, it's so true. Kevin, my husband made like the official switch probably like seven months ago now. And he used to eat a Kit Kat bar a day. That was like his thing. He would go get a Kit Kat bar and drink two liters of water with it. And it was just his treat. And now you could wave Kit Kat bars around him and he'd be like, no, no, like I felt like garbage now. And it's so cool to watch him do this transition and have it be so effortless for him. It's been quite inspiring to just watch him kind of get into his groove and stuff. And to your point on body fat percentage, you know, you said every body is going to look different with health. And I think that that's really important to reiterate of, you know, my body fat needs to be quite high in order for me to get my period. As soon as I lose even a couple of percentages, (laughs) my period stops. And that can be different depending on what your history was and and where you're at right now. So I really, really like that point. And I just wanted to reiterate it for people that maybe didn't hear it the first time. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I agree with what you say, like based on what your history is, because I think that if you've been a body who's lost it due to like low body fat percentage, that as soon as you start going, you know, down that like lower calorie path, that your body like freaks out. And it goes into like safety mode, similar to even like if you've dieted for a long time and then when you cut calories, your body will just like stop losing fat altogether. Like it's that protective zone and it's like we've done this path before and it's not happening again. And so your body changed and you said, you know, like, I don't even care. But were there moments where you were like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? Yeah, I mean, it's challenging in the sense of even though you can say like what I have, I can say like, this is a healthy body. What I have now is healthy. Mm -hmm. I know other people are like, well, you're justifying it or rationalizing it, whatever, you know, but because they don't see the hormonal thing. And so it's so frustrating to try and communicate it when people don't see the blood work and they don't understand how different like you feel hormonally and all of that. And, you know, being open about it and like showing pictures on Instagram and like, you know, social media is really where I've grown my business. And so there's the time where you're like, well, are people going to like trust in what I'm saying as a coach if I've put on this weight recently, you know, but then I am always just trying to like remind them that I've put on this weight for healthy reasons. And, you know, for me, like being in a calorie surplus, that's not a lot of calories because I was dieted so restrictively for so long. So, you know, for me having you know, 2000 calories a day, like that would be a huge surplus for a long time for me, because I was so used to being on such locales. But there's times when it's challenging. But honestly, I don't get like negative comments. I noticed that I lose lots of not lots of followers, I lose more followers, like posting photos and stuff of what I look like right now. But then I gain new followers. And Mm -hmm. that's exactly what I want. I'm like, you know what, those people aren't the people that I need to reach right now. It's the people who want to hear what I'm saying. And I've lost some followers, but then I'll get like, more direct messages from women saying like that they love what I'm saying now and that they connect with me now and that makes me so happy and so it's I think a transition period for me personally and then because I kind of am my business it's really a transition period for my business and my media pages as well. More on my interview with Kelly Youngstrom after this message from one of our podcast partners. 
I love being Canadian, the home of the true North strong and free, but gosh, I'm pretty jealous of you all in the US because you get access to Thrive Market while I'm stuck with limited access to the abundance of health foods that you all know and love. We have 14 day shipping and everything's really expensive and forget about free shipping. That's always out of the question. For all of my pals south of the border, my friends at Thrive Market are offering you 35% off your first box of groceries plus free shipping and a 30-day trial so you can reorder your favorites a couple of weeks down the road. Imagine spending only $9.95 as opposed to the $20.99 on raw cacao powder or $15.65 as opposed to $24.99 on MCT oil if you go to a retail store. So on top of their everyday wholesale prices, the extra 35% off your first box of organic and non-GMO products plus free shipping is going to make a regular $100 grocery run into about a $50, maybe $75 Thrive Market order for the same amount of things. You can go to thrivemarket.com forward slash HP to get your instant 35% off. And this offer will expire in a couple of weeks. So if you're on the fence about it, the time is now. Again, that's thrivemarket.com forward slash HP to get your instant 35% off. And this offer is available to new Thrive Market customers only and people in the U.S. Wah, wah. And have you seen like in your practice with working with those couple of individuals that have gotten their period back? Have you seen that weight gain is required in order to get a period back? Or do you think it could be other factors just from what you've seen with your clients? Um, no, that's really funny because so I would say two of them stayed extremely lean and one recently recovered her period after. So she tried like cal- a, 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 try basically like a maintenance calorie diet on her own with like more carb based. And then we transitioned to keto based. And I think within six months she had her period and then she got pregnant really soon after. And I think she really felt like keto was the majority part of that. And this is just kind of an aside, but there was some like mental health and like emotional aspects too, where she found like her mood regulation was a lot better on keto, which is just another one of the awesome benefits. But I don't think it's necessary. I think that being at least at maintenance will be more beneficial in speeding up the process based on what I've seen. But I don't think necessarily like a huge surplus is necessary and dramatic weight gain or anything like that. Yeah. And I think it also depends on why you lost your period in the first place. I mean, for me, it's because I wasn't eating enough. My body fat percentage was way too low. So when I ate enough and I increased my body fat percentage, I got it back. So it really depends on why it happened, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. And I've worked with clients like in that boat. And then I've also worked with people who they were, you know, eating enough calories and it just wasn't happening. And so you kind of like try everything else. The doctor says there's nothing wrong. And then I always think like keto is kind of like the last resort. If if nothing else has worked, well, I think it should be a, an earlier resort, but it's often not. So, you know, that's kind of like the last try. I think people will try and what I've seen it's so far worked really well for people and just for myself I did like a I would call it like an off season like last year where I was in a calorie surplus for like six months but on a carb-based diet and I didn't get my period back so then when I went in a calorie surplus on a fat-based diet I did get my period back so Mm. who knows yeah the thing I think one thing that's a struggle is 
as much as like the Canadian healthcare system is awesome, I do find like I really have to fight to try and get blood work done with no no like overbearing health issues, right? Like the doctors don't think anything's really wrong. So they're not like trying to hand out blood work. So I really have to try and advocate and like push to get blood work done. So unfortunately, I don't have like as much data as I wish. And the same goes for my clients as well. Like there's just not as much data as I wish there could be to really see how the hormones are changing. Yeah, you really like unless you're dying, a doctor would be like, come back when you're dying, because I don't care. Yeah. And I'm like, I I wish sometimes there was the option here to just like more. Actually, I think it's different in Alberta, but like I, we can't just like I can't just like request blood work and like opt to pay for it, you know, where like. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Like, and that's amazing. Like I we're very grateful to have mm-hmm. that not needing to pay for health care. But at the same time, when you do kind of want to like push for yourself, it's a challenge. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of if you have. Where the Canadian healthcare system is really great is if you have a heart attack or anaphylactic shock or like something emergency related where you're going to die, you don't have to pay for it. It's awesome. But if you actually want care to keep yourself from getting into those places where you're unhealthy or needing a doctor in an emergency situation, like good luck. I mean, I had to fight with Kevin's doctor to test his TSH. I had to like prove that his thyroid was imbalanced and it's just frustrating that like, uh, I just watched that sugar movie and I was crying most of the time thinking like, what's wrong with our world and why are we spending money, um, supporting sick people when we could just like prevent the sickness and, oh my God, it's uh, amazing. Yeah. And it's like, even too with healthcare, a lot of the times I find with hormonal stuff like this, where it's like, you know, obviously there's for most of most women, there's something hormonal going on there. The doctors try to just instead of find the root, just cure the symptom, you know, with birth control and other hormone replacements. And I feel like down the road, like I know, I think you were initially prescribed something, weren't you? And but anyways, down the road, Uh it can cause, cause so many problems, because your body's not naturally regulating things. So, you know, that's one thing, too. I mean, the one benefit for me is when I started competing, I went off birth control. So I feel actually like that. And it was because I didn't want to have any, I was like, you know, I don't want any possible bloating from birth control or any like water weight that could be from birth control. So I just went off it completely. And now I'm actually very grateful because now knowing what I know, which I didn't know then, like in my earlier 20s, it wasn't really on my radar like how long term it can be to try and get your hormones to self-regulate after coming off birth control if you do want to get pregnant in the future. So it kind of was like a happy accident that I did go off of it because I think in the long run, it saved me from problems that could have come, you know, as a result of being on it for five extra years. Mm -hmm. Total blessing in disguise. And I see a lot in my practice and just chatting with women is that when their hormones are dysregulated, the doctor will give them antidepressants because they'll think that they're depressed. And it's like, they just need like, if you would just test their estrogen, progesterone, DHEA, cortisol, like even start there maybe TSH, because if your thyroid is low, you're going to probably be depressed. So your free T3 even, I mean, they're not a lot of tests, but I get it. I mean, if everyone asked for tests, then it would be really expensive. But if everyone was healthier, then we could spend money more on like preventative care. I don't know. I could go on forever about what's broken. (laughs) Um, And so let's chat a little bit about like a cyclical ketogenic practice. Did you use that when you were regaining your period? Do you use that now? Do carb ups play a role in your ketogenic experience? So for me right now, I will use 
carb ups with clients. I don't necessarily for myself plan carb ups. I more just use them for social settings. Mm -hmm. So for me, like I was so restricted in my diet for so long that I missed out on a lot of social events or like I had to bring all my food. Like it was just so restricted that now say like I probably once a month or once every two weeks even, I will just like happen to have a carb up, but not necessarily be planned. So like a little bit of carbohydrates at like a family dinner or like a dessert if we're out somewhere special or something like that, but nothing like specifically planned. But again, because fat loss for me hasn't been like a dramatic goal by any means at this time, I find that I'm more likely to implement carb ups for people if they're in a calorie deficit for the majority of the time. But I've done it in the past where I've done keto for six days and then done like a carb up on seven. But I just didn't honestly feel as well. Like I never really felt I just didn't feel anymore like I needed that. And so that's a lot of it is just I listen to my body and what I need. And I used to be more frequently feeling like I needed a carb up. And now I don't really feel like I need it ever. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Like I'll realize 20 days later, I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't had a carb up. I have to like watch my Instagram feed and see when the last time was that I had carbs because I like forget. You're like so scrolling through the food puddle. <laughs> like, where is it? Oh, potato. Oh my gosh, those potatoes were 20 days ago. Like, <laughs> so it's cool to kind of see how your body ebbs and flows, especially as you get your hormones more regulated and things change. What do you feel is missing in the ketogenic space for women right now? Oh, that's interesting. Honestly, like, just like generally, like in terms of healthcare or like media or what do you anything you want? I really think like, I mean, this just goes with healthcare in general. And it's not to bash on healthcare at all. It's just the divide between nutrition and general practitioners is like so frustrating to me. And the more holistic approach and like combining like I've just seen how dramatic keto can be in terms of changing people's health like and it's like the counterintuitive thing which like you know you and I know but not everyone else knows that like more cholesterol in your diet doesn't mean like more cholesterol in your body and you know having clients who have been able to come off all these meds because I put them on a keto diet and then their doctors though like been total fear mongers and like saying I'm going to kill them and there's fewer doctors now that are starting to like my clients I'll be like take your plan in like show them what you're doing and you know every few clients they get like a good review from their doctor which is awesome and then there's still like the very kind of old school methodology and school of thought where like fats are still being demonized and like keto is bad. And so just general education and like even I've gone to the pharmacy and asked for keto strips and the pharmacist like thought I'm going into ketoacidosis and I'm trying to explain that's like not the same thing and she doesn't understand. And so I'm like if healthcare and like the person that like, you know, general customers are dealing with face to face doesn't understand the basics of this, you know, you, you were limiting the general knowledge that can be helping other people. Yeah, so true. I mean, even my <laughs> dermatologist nurse was like, what? You b wrote a book about so what? Wh why did you write that book? <laughs> like, oh, it's okay. But I actually changed her mind. I told her all the things and she changed her mind right there. And you could see the wheels turning. And she's like, wow, I think I'll buy your book. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. never happened ever, like ever. That's the thing. And I just I try to like talk about it more in like a 
sharing like my experience mm-hmm. and not shoving yes. it down people's throats, you know, because I have some clients who are on it. I have some clients who aren't. And I love when people come to me and ask questions about it, you know, because I think a lot of people, it's just anything new and unknown is scary. So the more that the conversation is open about it, the better. And I think, you know, right now it's becoming almost like a trendy thing, which I mean, it has its pros and cons, but generally, I mean, I think it's a pro if it opens up the conversation and, you know, opens people's mind to a new approach and a new way of eating. Yes, I totally agree. So I could chat with you forever, but (laughs) where can people find you? So I love Instagram. I'm on Instagram is at ifbbprokyfit and my website is kyfitness.ca and I have a YouTube uh, channel where I post lots of nutrition videos. I have some keto videos on there too, which you can just look up Callie Youngstrom and you'll find those. I've been doing lots of like Q&A about keto and like why I choose to do keto and the health benefits that I've found on keto. So I think that's a good resource for people too. And yeah, it is. I got stuck on your YouTube channel for a while the other day because I was like QAing one of my videos and then yours popped up right after. I was like, oh, great. I'm going to watch some of our videos. That's awesome. (laughs) That makes me so happy because I've watched all of yours for sure. Like, and I, you know, always I'm referring people to yours too, because you're just such a vast, so much vast knowledge. And it's awesome for people just wanting to even think about getting started. Oh, thanks so much. That means so much to me. Sometimes, well, all the time when I'm creating anything, I'm like, I hope just maybe one person could maybe read this. I don't, or maybe watch this. So for somebody to want to like refer other people to it, it's pretty awesome. So no thank way. you it's so amazing. much. Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm so stoked to have been able to chat with you. Yeah, of course. And everything that you mentioned, all the links and your Instagram page, will include that in the show notes. So guys, you can find the show notes at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash podcast forward slash E48. And we'll also include the transcript to this post about three to five days following the initial air date of this episode. So Kelly, thanks again for coming on the show. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'll Talk to you soon. And that does it for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Thanks for listening in. You can follow me on Instagram by searching Healthful Pursuit, where you'll find daily keto eats and other fun things. And check out all of my keto supportive programs, bundles, guides, and other cool things over at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash shop. And I'll see you next Sunday. Bye.